0: Welcome to this episode of INS Infusion Room and today in the studio I have with me Brian Davis and Marsha Weiss. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Welcome. Thank Thank you. you.
0: Okay what I always do is I ask all of my guests to tell us about themselves. Introduce yourself. Tell us about the work that you do and Brian I'm going to start with you.
2: All right I'm Brian Davis. I'm the vice president for our vascular access business for Adhesion Biomedical. I joined Adhesion about five years ago to help them build the team and to bring the expertise around the space of vascular access to Mm -hmm. bring a uh, product that we call SecurePort IV to market. Mm -hmm. Adhesion Biomedical's expertise is in the development of products that use highly purified cyanoacrylate technology that's proprietary to the company. Uh, We have products that that function in the wound closure space or the original products. And a little over three years ago, we launched to market a product specific for vascular access. And that's the product that we call SecurePort IV. And that's exactly what we're
0: going to talk about today. Marcia. let's go over to you. I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself. Tell us what you do and a little about your background. Uh, my name is Marcia
1: Wise, and I uh, am a consultant for Adhesion Biomedical in mm-hmm. the Product development and bringing the, this product, SecurePort IV, to market. My background is I've uh, been a longtime infusion nurse Yes. for years and years. And I uh, retired from BD about four or five years ago and having worked there for quite some time, bringing products to market and got involved with Brian and uh, the folks at Adhesion and got excited about this new product. So I came on board to help them. Do
0: that. Okay. So before we talk about that product, is there anything else that you'd like to tell me about Adhesion Biomedical?
2: Yeah. Adhesion Biomedical is a small company based out of Wyoming, Pennsylvania, with manufacturing in Hudson, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Right? We've got a team of uh, about 60 people. Mm -hmm. Right? A big part of that's our manufacturing and R&D organization. Sure, sure. Um, That's what's based out of Hudson, North Carolina. Uh, with deep expertise in the development and manufacture of highly purified sonacrylate products. Okay. The, the team has a long track record of, of success in the healthcare industry, and that goes from Pete Monolero through our entire sales team, marketing team, and business team. And uh, it's been a pleasure to bring this talent together to come and, and basically create a new product category to solve, uh, to solve problems that just haven't been addressed before.
0: Yes. So we definitely have seen this product, um, not the product specifically, but adhesive mentioned in the standards of practice. So we're going to get there and talk about that in just a moment. But first of all, I'm going to ask the first question, and Marsha, I'm going to direct this to you. What is tissue adhesive, and what role does it play in improving vascular access outcomes?
1: Well, medical-grade tissue adhesives, as Brian has mentioned, have been around for quite some time. They've just never been indicated for use in vascular access. So what's unique about this product is it is a similar formula of soanoacrylate tissue adhesive, but it's designed in an application and in a form that really lends itself to help prevent some complications with vascular access. The major things that this product provides is securement of all devices, all intravascular devices, Mm -hmm. from peripheral IVs to ART lines to central lines to PICs to midlines. It also can be used on any age group of patients, so there's no distinction from an age standpoint. It provides securement by securing the catheter to the skin so that it minimizes the risk of dislodgement or movement in and out of the skin, puncture site. Mm -hmm. It provides a barrier so that microbes cannot enter the insertion site Mm -hmm. and it prevents that post-insertion bleeding that we often see after placing a line.
0: That was something I was going to ask you about. So that is a problem. It's huge. It causes us to disrupt the dressing more often than we want to right after insertion. Um, it creates a problem for both the patient and the clinician, and we are so concerned when that happens because we really don't want to disrupt the dressing, but we don't want to leave something there that's bloody. So tell me why this glue fixes that problem. Where does the blood go? Where does that <laughs> oozing go if it's not coming out the site?
1: Well, basically, uh, if you think about it, you've got a hole in a hose, yep, and you're plugging up that hole, so it's not going <laughs> to come out. <laughs> So, the bottom line is that it creates this barrier so that that blood does not ooze back out. So, it, it puts a seal around that insertion site and minimizes that bleed back. Sure. Uh, we've seen in our data that's been collected over the last several years that we've been in, in the market, we've seen about an 85% reduction in early dressing changes mm-hmm. requirements. Mm-hmm. So, that's where your cost savings comes in as well.
0: So, for those who are listening to this and are having trouble visualizing this, we need to kind of describe what we're looking at. And it is a little glue dropper. It's a <laughs> dropper, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're placing this adhesive right on the site. Tell us what it looks like right after we drip that on there.
1: Well it's a clear liquid so you really don't see it very well it's kind of shiny looking because you know it creates this little film around the insertion site. It only takes one or two drops three drops at the most often to encircle that uh, you know that insertion site and that creates the seal with the skin and the device as well as creates that barrier. How long is the drying time? It really doesn't dry, it cures. Because okay, it's so, so let's talk about that curing. And it cures in response to moisture in your skin. So okay. as soon as we apply that liquid glue, it starts to cure. You put your dressing on, it continues to cure. So it, it has nothing to do with uh, exposure to air. The curing time is based on the moisture in your skin. So you don't have to wait for it to quote-unquote dry. You can place your dressing on and go about your business.
0: Excellent. So now let's say it's time for a dressing change. What am I going to find under that dressing?
1: Well, as most people's skin, you slough off skin cells over a period of time. It varies by person, but somewhere around the five to seven-day period of time, that glue will start to detach from the bottom layer of your skin. Sure. So when you change, change the dressing, you'll just clean it as normal, and you'll apply a few more drops of glue and put a new dressing on it. So
0: we reapply, the, re-apply the glue. Reapply it dressing. After doing the skin prep, all the mm-hmm. site prep, Put the glue back on, dressing back on, Mm -hmm. we're good to go. And we find the same benefit then. Yes. Okay, so tell us about pistoning. We -hmm. are so worried about those catheters slip and slide and slip and slide. (laughs) Tell us how it works with that.
1: You really minimize that. You almost reduce it totally. There was actually a study done by some clinicians at Mm -hmm. Mayo Mayo Clinic in Phoenix, and they applied glue to— 400 pick lines, and measured any kind of migration. And they had like a 94% reduction of any migration at all. So, because that glue is right there at the insertion site and is surrounding the insertion site
0: and attached right there, you don't get that pistoning
1: that you used to see.
0: Okay. Do we still need to apply another type of securement device? Some people have chosen to, and some people have chosen not to. Okay. So... What if we have a real wiggly little kid? Yes? Put something else on there? You know,
1: the glue works really well, and I'm not saying, like with any securement technology, somebody pulls on it hard enough, it'll come off. Okay. Nothing's uh, foolproof. Nothing's foolproof. So, I think clinical judgment comes in here. You know, if if glue alone has been working for you, and or you have a really rambunctious patient, and you feel like an extra piece of securement might work, mm-hmm. but... Keep in mind that most of that securement is happening underneath the dressing. So, any pulling out here is going to be independent of what you have under the dressing. Sure. Sure. So, uh, we've not seen—we've seen some people still use both.
0: Okay.
1: Or uh, maybe one of the subcutaneous uh, insertion uh, securement devices. Mm-hmm. We have glue on top of that sometimes. So, again, as because we have those three benefits—securement, reduction, in post-insertion bleeding or oozing— and reduction of microbial ingress.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: can use the product for all three, or you can use it for one or two of those sure. benefits. Sure.
0: So, Marcia, tell us, um, removal, how
1: does that work? Well, as I mentioned, over about five to seven days, that glue is going to start to slough off with the skin cells normally naturally happen. So when you do your dressing, you'll just reapply. But let's say you wanted to take your device out in two to three days after insertion. If it's still pretty tacky, which it probably will be, then you can just use any standard adhesive removal uh, product, and you just apply a little bit to that to the glue, and the glue softens enough to be able to pull the line out. Okay,
0: so we most do have people, to work at that a little bit for some folks.
1: For some folks, but I'll tell you, most people, they're concerned about it when they start you know, using the product, and then what they find is that it easily just pulls away.
0: Okay, so how does the adhesive work if we are using the CHG patch or sponge? Any problems there?
1: There's no contraindication to using them both together. Let me just put it that way. Okay. Some people have chosen to eliminate one of those devices I see. and use glue instead.
0: Well, since we're talking about the reason why we put a CHG device mm-hmm. or our product on, let's talk then about the antimicrobial effect or the I I guess it's not an antimicrobial effect, is it? Or is it just preventing the ingress?
1: Well, it really works in two ways. And Brian would be a great person to sort of describe the chemical reaction that kind of occurs when we apply the glue.
0: Okay.
2: So there's a study in um, AGIC by Prince that discusses antimicrobial properties of a novel cyanocrylate technology. And the formulation it discusses is called Florasil, which is a sister product to SecurePort IV that's the same identical formulation as SecurePort IV. And it turns out that this particular formulation is broad-spectrum in its liquid format. It kills bacteria very broad-spectrum. Mm-hmm. Gram-positives are generally killed by a negative pH environment, but the other bacteria really has andri- and hydrous properties that pull the moisture out of the bacteria and kill them. And that's discussed in detail, uh, not just what it did, but the mechanism of action is discussed in that Prince article. But after it's cured, there's no more antimicrobial action happening. I see. So the finished product is a barrier to microbes. And that's demonstrated in the literature, but it's also discussed in the in the instructions for use and was a, a indication that we were allowed that we put into the IFU from the FDA.
0: Okay. So on the front end when we're first applying it to a very, what we are hoping is a very clean, clean site, there is no contamination. And in addition to that, it also has some antimicrobial effect. If you're applying it to the clean skin that you've cleaned
1: already, but we know that deeper in the tissues, there's bacteria, and we know that when we puncture through that, those bacteria could sort of be shed. Yes. So when we got the device in and we apply that tissue adhesive, based on the mechanism he just described, it kills any bacteria that are there. Okay. And then when it cures, if you think about it, you have this little donut around that insertion site of glue that is hardened and creates this physical barrier that bacteria cannot get through. So you've killed what might have been there when you put it on, and now you've created a barrier to any kind of ingress from then forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, the discussion about using the sponge or something else on top of that, I mean, you could, but it's probably not necessary because that's what you were using it for.
0: It was to block that entrance. Yes. This is really interesting, kind of sounds space age. And, you know, I'm not going to tell you when, where, or how, but there were um, things in the past where maybe someone used super glue. <laughs> 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 Have you heard of that? Well, you know, this is a medical grade tissue. Absolutely. Adhesive. <laughs> we are, I we certainly are,
1: wouldn't want to put, you know, and no. super glue, if you've ever you played with it, I mean, it gets stuck on your fingers. Oh, it's, harsh. And it's a very horrible. different product, really, than this.
0: Yeah. I wouldn't say that they were using super glue for a vascular access site, but definitely for a tissue adhesive uh-huh. to glue parts together. Yes. <laughs> was, yes. So it's definitely a new. approach here Um, you know I I
1: tease people a lot and say you know I was in vascular access for many many years restarted lots of IVs on patients that kept losing them and losing them and I've actually said to myself I wish I could glue this IV in and (laughs) now we can and now you can
0: (laughs) tell us about some of the research that comes behind this
1: well, we've, we've got uh, a whole bibliography. The original studies that came out using cyanoacrylate as a securement technology uh, came out of Australia, most of them from the Avatar group. Sure. And they did quite a bit of research around this. However, they were using a product, cyanoacrylate tissue adhesive, designed for wound closure. So it was a little bit different formula, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was uh, not really indicated for that use. In the U.S., we have some wound closure products that some people have used on vascular access devices. Right, but again, the volume in those products, the applicator in that those kind of products are not designed, you know, with thought of using in a vascular access space. So this product's unique in that standpoint that it's the only one approved by the FDA uh, for this indication. And it's designed specifically to drop the glue on in drops as opposed to painting glue on in a wound closure setting. So that's one of the most unique things about it. As far as research goes, the early research was with those earlier products. They gave a lot of attention to the fact that outcomes were improved, longer dwell times, less complication rates, et cetera. And these were done, again, with a product that wasn't approved in the U.S. for that method. Recently, since we've been in the market, we've had three or four studies done with this product on vascular access devices. One on peripherals out of Beaumont Health in Michigan, uh, showing an uh, improved survival rate of peripheral IVs started in the ER. Mm -hmm. uh, Significant improvement over a seven, eight-day period. And then we've had a big study done at the Mayo Clinic on PICC lines that was really looking at uh, migration But the other thing that was noted as a secondary outcome in that study was that they were having, prior to the study, about one infection, bloodstream infection, a month with their PICs. When they changed their protocol and eliminated the sponge dressing, eliminated the securement device they were using, and just used tissue adhesive, they saw a significant improvement in their migration, but also they had no infections.
0: Isn't that exciting? And
1: 400 picks.
0: Is there anything else that we haven't talked about that we want to share?
1: Well, I think probably the only thing I would add is that the unique nature of this product is it's so versatile. You know, not only is it sort of new, and new concept, but it can be used in such a wide variety of settings. And a wide, there's no age restriction. We have a lot of use in NICU because those tiny babies have such fragile skin that you want to minimize any adhesive on their skin. And so they love it in the NICU because they only have to put a couple of little drops to keep those little thready lines in. And they're having great success with that. We're seeing quite a bit of uptake on the use in arterial lines. Arterial lines have a very high infection rate right now. They're hard to keep in. Most of them are sutured. They're trying to get away from sutures. There's not really good securement. And we have a big account down in Texas that has been using it on their art lines, and she's totally eliminated the suture and been able to just use glue for securement, and their infection rates are going down with their art lines. So you have this wide variety of use. It's very simple product to use. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't take uh, any kind of special skills.
0: That's what I was going to ask you. <laughs> yes. Like, if, if an organization adopts this product, do we need to come in with a training team and educate clinicians? Well, obviously,
1: you, you always want to educate about a new product. But one of the unique things that we've experienced this year with COVID and all the restrictions of being able to come into hospitals to even call on people and, and show new products, we've actually started three or four accounts this year and never walked in the door. We've been able to use our educational videos that are housed on our website that are very clear and uh, at secureportiv.com. And there's a great module. It talks about the benefits, but it has a little three-minute section in there of exactly how to apply it, how to use the applicator. And we do a lot of Zoom education. We, Mm -hmm, you know, they mm -hmm. they first watch the videos and get prepared. We make sure they have product there. Then we get on a Zoom call and show them how to use it. Very simple, though. Uh, we've done housewide conversions that way wow with every wow. nurse in the hospital being trained that way so that's one of the other really unique things about this product that is so exciting and if i never had done anything but watch that video i think i could as a nurse pick up that product and yep. figure out how to use it
0: so each applicator is a single use applicator yes we've used it on that one single site in the trash in the it goes, trash, yes. and
1: And then you want to reuse the, you know, you want to have it with your dressing change. So you have it on insertion in your insertion kits or whatever. And then you want to have it available when you do your dressing change. That
0: was going to be my next question. Are we finding organizations that are putting it in their insertion kit and then we have uh, another box where we can just go and get one from the supply room. Yeah, I, I can speak to that.
2: I work with the, the kitting companies to get this product into kits based upon customers' requests. Excellent. And again, we've really been active in the market for about two and a half years with the sales force. And in the last right, year, we really started doing initial kitting work and that is ramping up. We're getting a lot more requests from customers and we're engaged and in discussions to get the product available in kits from most of the major kitters um, and even some of the the insertion kit manufacturers that make the the catheters themselves. So we'll see a lot more availability in kits going forward.
0: That's so good because we know if we have to go and find our own stuff, <laughs> who knows what all we'll find. But
2: <laughs> yeah, u- utilization rates definitely go up, Absolutely. and uh, and we've we've had some customers that tracked that to see if their utilization was going up, and the kits made a big difference.
0: Very good.
1: Yeah, our our goal here is to make it, you know you decide you're going to put this new product in your protocol, then you have to make it available in a very convenient way for the staff to use. And so ultimately, that would be the goal. That is being driven by the customer who wants to use the glue. Sure. You know, so then they tell their manufacturers, their kitting companies, this is what, you know, we want you to add this to our kits. Then they come to us and we work it out. Uh, We have some that are just kind of piggybacking it on the kit right now. You know, if it's not inside, but it's taped to the outside of the kit. So they, yeah. they work around, but that's the ideal, you know, the goal would be to have it in those okay. prepackaged kits.
0: And the applicator it comes in just one size fits one all. One size fits all. So if I'm putting in a pick or other central line or a, a peripheral IV, same Yeah. There's thing.
1: there's about seven or eight drops maybe <laughs> okay. of glue in one of the little vials. So most of the time you're not going to use all of that. Okay. You know, occasionally, like we have some people using these on ECMO catheters right now, which oh. are huge yeah, and lots of bleeding problems. And, you know, I've been told they've even had to use two, you sure. know, but it's rare. It would be very rare that you would need more than one. And then even some of the, um, like in a peripheral IV, one or two drops is plenty. And then those extra drops could actually be placed on the skin around the device, and then it helps the dressing stick better. Mm-hmm. So you can spread out the excess under the dressing. Interesting. You know, so that it helps the dressing fit better. Interesting. Stated.
0: Okay. Well, Brian, I'm going to ask you for any closing thoughts. Anything else that you'd like us to know?
2: I would just like to say that I'm, I'm so excited to be part of this adhesion team. Yes. Uh, and, and be associated with this product. Right. It's, I've had the privilege of, of working with some great people and bringing some great products to market and even developing products. I, have, I started my career in R&D and developed vascular access device products, but nothing I've been associated with has been more exciting than this product in my almost 30-year career, working in mostly vascular access. And to even make it better, the team that we've assembled is the single best team I've ever had the privilege to work with.
0: Wonderful and marsha what are your closing thoughts i know you've talked a lot but i'm going to i'm going to push you for just a little bit more what have you got to say
1: well i've been a vascular access nurse for 50 years no kidding and uh <laughs> i really was ready to retire and <laughs> but i got so excited about this product because i could see the benefits and having You know, watch patients suffer and have to be stuck over and over again because these IVs fall out. So from a peripheral IV standpoint, I think it's the best thing that we've seen come along in a long time. Mm -hmm. It's got other benefits for the PICs and the central lines and the infection prevention properties. All of those things are are valuable for sure. But the biggest impact I think this product can make in our overall uh, industry is improving outcomes with peripheral IVs. And it's certainly a topic that's been on everybody's mind recently, reducing bloodstream infections with peripherals. Shelly DeVries and many people like her have been talking about that. So it's it's perfect timing for this product to be implemented into practice and to have it in the INS standards and supported in those standards already is a miracle in four years. You know, mm-hmm. that's great. And it shows you how much evidence there is to support it. So that's what I'm most excited about. And the next time I'm in a hospital and have to have an IV, I'm going to have my own secure port IV with me.
0: <laughs> well, thank you, both Brian and Marsha. And thank you for representing Adhesion Biomedical here today. We are so happy to have you on this podcast. Thank you, thank very, you much very much for
1: having us. Appreciate it.
0: This concludes this episode of INS Infusion Room, a podcast of the Infusion Nurses Society. We welcome your comments. You can reach us at infusionroom at ins1.org. That's infusionroom at ins1.org. Thank you for listening.